Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I'm a Roman Catholic permanent deacon. I got hired as a caretaker. From the first day that I lived in the house, I had this sense that I wasn't by myself. There was no unusual things that happened until about the fifth night that I lived there. I heard this, like, old-fashioned bell ring sound. It was like a clapper to a bell. The sound was coming from downstairs in the main reception room. I continued to follow the sound until I was confronted with the door. I opened the door. It just simply was an antique telephone on the wall. It wasn't even hooked up. No electrical input to it. There had to be some natural phenomenon that, that made the phone ring. That was my first incident that something very unusual was happening here. I lived in the house for approximately four years. For the first year that I lived there, whenever I would hear footsteps in the walkway, or pictures would fall off the wall, or I'd see a door open, I would tell myself that there had to be a rational explanation. So the local historical society would take tours of people through the house. One particular weekend, they took a group of Roman Catholic nuns. One of the elderly sisters asked, can you tell me something about the person that lives here? The tour guide told her who I was and, you know, what I was doing. And she apparently said, tell him he's not alone here. And I think that'll answer a lot of questions that he has. And it really did. <laughs> This is Jenny Ashford, the author of House of Fire and Whispers, Investigating the Seattle Demon House, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and Britt is currently away, and it is Monday, July 6th, 2020, episode 234. How is everyone out there around the world doing? And yeah, I'm getting uh, pretty tired about the news and this COVID-19 thing. Uh, Britt and I were doing just fine, staying away from crowded areas, and Britt will be back over soon. Yeah, we're uh, pretty much tired of being cooped up, <laughs> so, but... Uh, this Tuesday, there will not be a new show of Aaron's Horror Show with Mr. Aaron Farrell. This Wednesday will be a new show coming out of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas. And as I mentioned, uh, the last couple of episodes, we're getting ready to launch a new category called Entertaining Short Films. And it's not necessarily going to be all paranormal, as I mentioned before. It's going to be twilighty, maybe some twists and turns throughout the story, or you know, just something entertaining for you to watch, and hopefully you guys will enjoy these short films from indie 
creators that want to get their stuff out. So, you know, we're happy to distribute their, uh, their creativity. And I'm thinking either this Thursday or Friday, the first film will be released. Yeah, I'll make an announcement, uh, a short recording for you guys, so you guys will know. And Bert will post something on the RPA Facebook page as well. So, yeah, you know, check it out. This Thursday or Friday, that's what I'm thinking. And yeah, I think that is it. So let's just get right down to it. We're going to do listener stories. And those of you who uh, who have asked to be on the show, we have contacted you. So we're just sitting back waiting for your response. And we'll get you all set up. And those of you who want to share your own personal paranormal experiences, merely send in your story to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com. And we'll read it off on a future episode. And with that, let's get the show on the road. And you guys know what that means. Oh, yeah, man. Come on, say it with me, say it with me. That's right. Two, the store then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And it's nice and cool in here. The fans are going. And you guys know the deal. Grab a beanbag out of the corner there. Find an empty spot on the floor. And the popsicles are in the freezer in this heat. Go ahead and grab yourself a popsicle and enjoy. And I am, as usual, get behind my desk here. Oh, yeah. And Brett emailed me her packet. Let's take a look here. I printed them off. Oh. Okay. Looks like we got one medium one, and we got a couple of short ones here. Okay. All right. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So good when it hits the lips, man, I tell you. That honey, so sweet. All right. What do we got? First one. This one is by Erie, and it's titled, The Other Side. Okay, Erie, let's see what you got, man. My uncle passed away in the late summer of 2009 due to lung cancer. We were very close, and when I heard the news he had died, I was devastated. There's one incident surrounding his death that follows me to this day one that I have never told anyone about. I was babysitting at the time and the children were in the next room while I was watching TV. It was about 7.40 p.m. I was just eating some popcorn when my phone rang. Startled, I let go of the bowl and it rolled to my side, spilling its contents all over the floor. I cursed and looked at my phone. It was my uncle. This was strange. He was in the hospital. Hello? I said. There was silence on the other end of the line. I repeated myself, but there was no answer. Hello? Hey? Hi? I said again. I became irritated. After another few moments of silence, I hung up and began to clean up the mess I had made. The phone call had been odd, and a weight had formed in my stomach. I suddenly felt scared for my uncle. Visions of one of those heartbeat monitors going flat next to my uncle's bed clouded my mind, and I couldn't rest easily for the rest of the night. Later that night, my mother called. I knew, from the moment I picked up, that something terrible had happened. Hello? She said. Her voice was shaky. Yes, Mom. What's, what's wrong? I said. 
It's about your uncle. He's... She didn't need to continue. I was completely frozen, staring into the distance as the reality hit me. And my uncle was dead. When my parents came home, I walked to my house. It was a short distance away, only about ten or so minutes. My father and mother were on the couch. She was crying. I snuggled in between them and began crying too. Then my dad started crying. We were all crying. Sometime later, when a strange phone call popped into my head, I asked my mother what time he died at. She said it was about 7.40 p.m., around the same time as the phone call. I nodded, thoughts racing through my head. How could my uncle possibly call me if he was dead at that time? Sometimes I swear I can smell cigarette smoke in my bedroom at night. I have never smoked in my life, nor have my mother or father. At other times, when I'm alone and my parents are out, I feel my uncle close by. It has never frightened me, though, because I know he's watching over me. Thank you for reading. And that's from Erie. Erie, hey, thank you very much for sharing that, and sorry to hear about your uncle. Yeah, you're not crazy. Uh, this isn't really odd at all, which is interesting if you think about it. We get these all the time. Uh, you know, loved ones passed away, and uh, sometimes, uh, you know, weeks later, little things start happening, and then it goes away. But then sometimes, every so often for years, things just keep happening. But, you know, not all the time, but every once in a while. So, yeah, you know, uh, it looks like you're lucky, I suppose, right? Yeah, it's a good story. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you know, you old-timers, you guys know this. We're in uh, season six right now. I don't know how many of these types of stories of loved ones passing and little things like that coming back uh, that's unique to that certain person, you know, in this case, cigarette smoke. Um, other times, there's always indicators that are... Um, I, I think we had a few that a year later... You know, a, a long time, a long period of time has passed, and all of a sudden, you know, they're not mourning anymore, but yet something happens where, you know, it, it points to that loved one that passed away so long ago. Yeah, you know, we get that all the time. Interesting stuff, if you think about it. All right, what do we got next? This one is by Dave, and it's uh, titled Drink Experience. Okay, Dave. Let's see what you got, man. I will have to start by saying that this is the first time anything like this has ever happened to me or my girlfriend. I wouldn't say I'm a skeptic as such, but but after watching joke TV shows, one tends not to believe the tripe turned out on the box. Anyhow, I digress. The instance I am referring to happened on the 1st of December, 2013, at Dumbleton Hall, near Evesham. My fiancé and I were spending one night at the hotel, courtesy of an offer by Travel Zoo. We arrived, checked in, unpacked, and got ready for the evening dinner, the table being booked for 8 p.m. 
Having finished our three-course meal, we took our wine glasses from the restaurant and intended on sitting in the bar area. Unfortunately, the prime seats in front of the log burner were taken. So we decided to sit in two armchairs in front of the open fire in the large reception area. Both wine glasses were put on the small table opposite of the fire and our chairs, some eight inches approximately from the edge of the table. And we chatted, watched the logs burning, and then the next thing I know, my fiancé jumps into a standing position with wine dripping from the right-hand side of her dress. And the chair was soaked. The glass in question was on its side on the table, having made no sound on hitting the table. There was no wine on the table, nor on the carpet next to the chair my fiancé had been sitting in. At the time, neither of us were any closer than two feet from the glasses. The only thing I could liken this to would be if someone had picked the glass up and thrown the contents at my fiancé and placed the glass on the table. Bizarre. As we discussed a strange event, I went for my glass. This had moved some eight inches, and as we watched, it reached the edge of the table and began to overhang it. I then picked it up and drank the contents. The table was totally dry, and the bottom of the glass was too. I asked the receptionist if anyone had reported similar events. None had. On our return home, my girlfriend found a TripAdvisor report from November of 2012 citing similar glass-related strangeness. A great day. Made interesting. I love the podcast. And that's from Dave. Hey, Dave, thank you very much for sharing that. That is interesting, man. Yeah, I love the story. Uh, paranormal or not? I don't know. You know, uh... I, you don't say anything else that the uh, hotel has a history of being haunted, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, no other indicators of, uh, you know, of that hotel. And so, yeah, usually when you, when you have other things going on and something like this happens, yeah, you could maybe make the connection that it's paranormal. But then again, you know, what do I know? Maybe there's something going on here. But at the same time, this kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, just because we don't know what's causing it, which I can't think of anything. You know, the bottom of the glass is dry, the table's dry. You know, the, you know it's not like you, when you knock over a glass of wine, right? First, you know you knocked it over, and then you're just not quick enough to catch it. So it falls over. You, you know, obviously you're going to hear the clanking of the glass that tipped over. And, of course, it spills out all over the, you know, the counter that it's on, onto the floor next to it. And depending on how hard you hit it, yeah, in this case, on her dress. Uh, but what you're describing, yeah, you didn't hear it. She didn't realize, you know, she didn't feel that she knocked it over. And she was about two feet away from what you said. Yeah, nothing on the table, nothing on the carpeting. Like you mentioned, as if someone picked it up and just tossed the contents and then just laid it ever so gently on the table. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And then you're watching your glass move. 
<laughs> See, I wouldn't be scared. I'd be fascinated. I would have uh, did some experiments. I would have placed it back on the table and just watch it, take a video with your phone. Right? When was this? 2013. Yeah, cell phones had, uh, obviously, video capability back then. That would have been neat to see. Yeah, who knows about the moving of the glass. But yeah, with the uh, with the whole thing of not hearing it fall over and the wine just being on her dress and not on the floor or on the table, that, yeah, it's interesting. It, uh, like I was about to say, I this kind of reminds me of uh, on Terry's Mysterious Moments. I don't know, a couple seasons back he did uh, some odd, natural, mysterious things around the world that got debunked. I forgot what it was called. It's over here in the States. I think it's in Death Valley somewhere. It's a desert, obviously, high temperatures. And, yeah, it's in the valley in this uh, area. And I forgot it. It's I think it's called the Walking Stones or the Crawling Stones, something like that. And all it is, it's, it's these stones in this valley that they're moving. And you can tell that they're moving because... Uh, behind them in their wake they leave these trails because these are heavy stones um, uh, you know I, I don't know the exact size but I'm going to have to say uh, you know anywhere from a football size on up I mean these are large stones and they're not there's no footprints no one's dragging them and so you know scientists went out there and they I think what they did is they did uh, some time lapse um, set up some cameras on tripods and they're watching these things and long story short, what it goes to show you, there's a rational explanation what's causing this. You know, no one's out there dragging these things around. And so at night in the desert, at least in this area, it gets down to freezing. And there's moisture trapped underneath these rocks. And the, the moisture freezes, you know, the water freezes. And it lifts up these rocks ever so slightly so they're no longer on the ground. And I guess it's really windy out there. And during the night, they're lifted up ever so slightly, and the wind pushes them a little bit. Now, I know what you're thinking. No, they don't move that quickly. Over a course of a year, it may move an inch or something like that, very, very slowly. But as they do this, it drags. You know, it, it leaves a mark in the sand. And so it takes a very, very long time. So no one goes out there. So when you go, you're walking, just imagine you're walking out there, you first discover these things. You're going to see these long, long trails behind these these rocks. And it takes a very, very long time for them to move. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, so uh, the reason why I brought it up, maybe there is a explanation for this class moving that we just can't explain unless we you know take a closer look at it but yeah it's it's interesting to think about yeah dave hey thank you very much for sharing that that's that's pretty unique i never had something a story that came in like that hmm. yeah man if uh that's one thing that won't scare me if i'm seeing something move which i haven't but i think that would be fascinating yeah definitely take out the phone I, I always have my tablet with me as well you know perch it up somewhere hit record turn on the damn lights <laughs> and and record it right yeah i think that'd be cool to see something move i don't know hot wheels car someone uh, a kid's toy a balloon right um a kid's ball things like that 
there's been reports of that too so yeah i'm rambling on sorry all right what's next what do we got this one is by nelson and it's titled ghostly encounter all right man let's see what you got my auntie and her daughter five years old were living with my nana at the time after a visit with my mother i was allowed to stay the night i was sent to bed around seven o'clock I slept in the front bedroom which had a double bed in one corner and a single bed in the other. I fell asleep in the double bed. I remember waking up early hours of the morning feeling cold with the bed covers around my feet. My auntie and her daughter were laying next to me in the same bed asleep. But being woken up with no covers on me made me mad so I reached down and grabbed them to put back over me. As soon as I pulled them as far as my shoulder, something stopped them from going any further. I pulled on them really hard, but something at the bottom of the bed was pulling back. I played tug of war for about a minute, but my fingers were hurting, so I let the bed covers go. They flew off the bed, and I just sat there wondering what could be doing this. After trying to wake my auntie by slapping at her, uh, she wouldn't wake, so I climbed into the single bed across the room. After about five minutes, I could feel the covers being slowly moved off me. I went out of the bedroom and climbed into my Nana's bed with her. This time, I fell asleep, but I was woken up again by my Nana shouting at me. Uh, she asked why I was in her bed and why were her bed covers on the floor? Even though I remember this very clearly, uh, growing up I began to question the event. So I asked my auntie and Nana if they remember anything that night. They told me I tried to explain it, but I was too frightened and that the bed covers were on the floor. More things have happened throughout the years in that house. My Nana is hard of hearing and lives alone. Now and again, she will walk to my house crying, saying she has felt something touch her in bed. My cousin had imaginary friends at a young age in that house. She would describe them as wearing weird clothes and they would show her how to take off her shoes and friendly things like that. But one day, my auntie heard noises in the living room when she was alone in the house. She shouted at them, whoever you are, you are to leave this home now. After that, my cousin never played with them again. She said they were gone. Three years ago, I typed my Nana's address into Google. I found someone had made a family tree and relations who lived and died in my Nana's house in the 1800s. There was also a picture of the family. In it was a young girl and boy. I printed it off and went to my auntie's and without saying anything, I showed the picture to my cousin. Straight away, she said she knows the children. She saw them in my Nana's house. It brought back a flood of memories for her. Okay, that's it. Even though I have witnessed things in that house and others, I've never seen a ghost, which 
makes me 50-50 on the matter. And things like ghost hunters on TV are obvious fakes, which also make me question the whole idea of ghosts. That being said, I truly believe if a camera was put in my Nana's house, we would catch something, but she lives there alone, and there's no way I'm risking making something angry. And that's from Nelson. Hey, Nelson, great story. Thank you very much for sharing. Well, that's good that you question these things. But, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, quite a few people do see apparitions once in a great while. Yeah, I think it's fairly rare. But uh, that's interesting that what your cousin's seen these two kids, and they were friendly. They, they were teaching them how to do things, <laughs> you know, harmless. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, the whole uh, blanket thing, yeah, that would spook me. I would have to, uh, but of course you're small back then and probably pretty groggy being woken up constantly. Yeah, who knows? Probably didn't think much of it. But yeah, interesting story. Thank you very much for sharing that. And that is it, guys. Holy cow, man. Kind of short, but hey, still love your stories. Great stories. Keep on sending them in to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'm sure everyone out there around the world would love to hear your own experiences. And don't forget, this Tuesday there will not be a new show for Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail, but there is a new show of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas. He's back. He took last week off. Looks like Aaron's taking this week off. And like I said, look for the new short film and the new category, Entertaining Short Films, to be released this uh, Thursday or Friday. Yeah, we'll make an announcement. And as always, you can go to realparanormalactivity.com or get the free app. Just do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast network, or listen to us at work and watch your days fly by on the major streaming audio platforms such as Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio Network, and everything else. And I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt and is also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night. Yeah. <laughs>